Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. Alright, welcome to another edition of Autism in the Wild. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm Noah. Noah, why don't you introduce today's guest? So, today's guest is a is one of the is one of my friends I met from Sturgis Youth Theater and things like that that we've talked about with Greta. His name is Caleb and he's got some interesting things to say. So, yeah, let's go. Thanks for being here, Caleb. Oh, thank you. Um, let's start out by just just talk a little bit about who you are and share whatever you want about your family and just give us a little bit of background of who you are. All right, so I'm Caleb, as you heard before. I'm 15. I'll be going into 10th grade at Iowa Connections Academy, which is an online school. I was diagnosed with Asperger's Syndrome, which is, power, which is on the autism spectrum, and a cognitive disorder not otherwise specified. And when I was in second grade, did I say that already? No. Nope. Okay. In second grade, yeah. I'm quite involved with the theater. I've been in seven plays and AD'd for a play called Pal of Possibility, which I'll get into later. What does AD mean? Oh, it's not theater. Okay, okay, for the uninitiated, AD is assistant to the director. Ah. Assistant to the director. A very key phrase. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> very good. Okay, well, we met Caleb uh, due to the Sturgis Youth Theater. Theater stuff, yeah. Uh, several years ago, and you guys have been involved for five years now. Yeah. And I think you were there five years ago when we started, Caleb. Correct. Yep. So we've gotten to know your family pretty well, and we see you guys at the pool when mm-hmm. we go. You guys are pool goers, so that's kind of fun. So we've gotten to know you guys pretty well. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get started with some of the questions. Why don't you tell me a little bit about um, some of your background? In uh, in school, we'll start there. Okay, so I went to St. Pat's Preschool, but that uh, not, that's not really relevant here. I went to Southdale Elementary from kindergarten till about very little on in fourth grade, and by the time fourth grade rolled around, we were starting to get pretty fed up with the lack of leadership when it comes to how Southdale dealt with um, my five hundred four plan. And other IEPs, that's not what we use, but you know what I mean. You guys had a 504? Uh, yeah. Okay. And the 504 is is a plan that is used for accommodations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah actually has a 504 plan since sixth grade, and Isaac has an IEP. We're not experts in those areas, but we know no. enough about them no. to be dangerous. I don't, think, I don't think I had an IEP, but it was, there was definitely a 504 involved. Okay. However, the school... It, they treated it like it didn't exist. Can you give me an example of some of the challenges that were uh, made it difficult as you got older in, in school that changed things a little bit? Okay, so uh, when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of sensory overload. You know, like if it was too loud or people weren't mm-hmm. behaving, I would, you know, uh-huh. yeah. meltdown, you know. And the teachers didn't do much to accommodate that. So what you're saying is, if there was a kid in your class, their their actions or reactions or behaviors would affect you. 
Oh, you'd, yeah. You'd, you'd feel a little bit overwhelmed. Oh, and... yeah. Yeah. Okay. And to make things worse, uh, the teacher, who shall remain nameless, put me in the table group with the poor behavior children in hopes that my good behavior would osmos onto, onto them. Mm. Okay. I did, see. That, did that work? No. Not so. <laughs> Noah, have you had any similar experiences, like having... I know that you used to get overwhelmed with I had sensory overload things, but the difference between my experience and Caleb's experience was that the people at the people at Lincoln actually treated my 504 as it existed. Well, you we, had an IEP, though. An IEP, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, they they were accommodating for that, which was pretty much the main difference here for that. And teachers, were, and, teachers and staff members were understanding of that. So what, why do you think... Why do you think that was for you what do you what do you remember anything about about that no not really i don't remember really remember anything yeah about it well i know that when we met with your ip meeting and and met with the the team Mm -hmm. we talked about some of those things uh, but you didn't have so much i don't think you were quite as sensitive to some of maybe the things that Caleb mm-hmm. yeah. was. You you had some other challenges, but not mm-hmm. probably the sensory ones that, that I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So school wasn't going as as well as it could have for no. you. So what what did you and your family decide to do? All right. So when fourth grade rolled around, it became even more clear that the 504 plan was non-existent as far as the school is concerned. And so... And for a multitude of other reasons, which I'm not going to get into. So they pulled me out, and we went looking around for alternative options, and we discovered upon Iowa Connections Academy, which is an online public school. I go on there every day and do my lessons on the computer. So uh, Iowa Connections Academy, I learned a little bit about this mm-hmm. from your mom uh, recently. It is truly a just another, almost a district, yeah. but it's virtual, it's online. Mm-hmm. And it's, is it just for students in Iowa? Uh, yeah, but there's a, a school in almost every other state. Okay. Cool. And do you follow the calendar school year? Like. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we operate out of the Anita District. Or no, it's Cam District, which is out of Anita. In Iowa? Yes. Okay. I don't even know where Anita is. I, uh, I think it's... It's somewhere between Des Moines and Omaha. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. I need a break. That's another bad joke. All right. <laughs> Anita, a whale of a town. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> oh, is that what it says on Google? Yeah. What is it? It said Anita, a whale of a... Wait. What's... What we got? Anita, Iowa. It's population of like 972. Anita, a whale of a town. It's like a bear <laughs> holding up a whale. Oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's great. At Lake Anita State Park. Population, 943. Perfect. Okay, we can, we can edit all that. Yeah, we can cut that out in post. Yeah. Well, some of that might well, be fun to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> okay. What questions do you have, Noah, for him about your Iowa Connections Academy? So you said it goes through the... You guys have, like, the same school year yep. schedule thing. How many other classmates do you have? <sighs> well... On a given on a given day, um, there are about four hundred and fifty total students in the school. Okay. In the live lessons, attendance usually varies, but it's usually around five or six per live lesson. Okay. But on the national clubs, it can be up to a hundred. Okay. Maybe even more. So there's 
So there's actually people that do this. Okay. Oh yeah, there's 450 at least 450 others. Okay. In the state of Iowa. Yep. What what kinds of things do they do you do for or maybe required to do for uh, physical education or music or other extracurricular activities? Uh, there is a PE. There's like an activity tracker which you have to install onto your computer and just log what you do. Okay. So does that mean you have to do something outside of the normal time, like go swimming or go bowling or go for walks or whatever it is? Yeah, we, we do that. Just whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't even have to be during the school day. Like if I go to the falls on a certain day, mm. I can, certain evening, I can log that as part of my daily activity. Great. Can you play dodgeball against your brother? Does that count? No, he's at school when I do that. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody loves dodgeball, right? Oh, yes, for sure. <laughs> do you guys do dodgeball in high school? Ooh, the stories yeah. I could tell with dodgeball. Early bird PE. <laughs> Early bird PE dodgeball. That was not, I, that happened more than you th- that happened more than you think it than you think it would, but Oh, I have a fun dodgeball story. So I was at a indoor trampoline park. I don't remember the name of it. Uh-huh. But there was a dod they do dodgeball games, and so I went to participate and I got nailed in the face. You know. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that wasn't your your most fun experience at the trampoline. Well, they're park. like little little foam balls. Yeah. Like, it didn't hurt, but it threw me for a loop. It sure did. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. So how how do you feel the the Iowa Connections Academy has changed the way you you experience school? Well, it's definitely a more efficient way to get my school work done. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you miss uh, not being around other um, peers your age, like, in person when you're in school? No, that's what the theater is for. Okay. So maybe we can talk a little, transition a little mm-hmm. bit away from that. Mm-hmm. And let's go back. Let's talk a little bit about theater. Mm-hmm. How did you get started with theater? So I think it was, was it the fall of 2014? No. It's, I don't, I don't remember. I would I, not know. I know. It was early 2014. Uh, my mother discovered a program called Spectrum Sunday Theater, which is run by Greta Berghammer, who was on the this show pretty recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a social... No, not social story, but um, it's kind of hard to describe. It's a theater workshop designed for those with autism and other, and other wise developmentally disabled kids. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, Noah and Henry actually participated in that as well, and mm-hmm. we we talked about that with Greta. Yeah. Uh, how long did you do that before you got into doing a real play? Um. Do you remember? Let's see. I don't. It was certainly. I think when Greta informed me that there was a bigger program within Sturgis Youth Theater, I was like, "Ooh, I'm doing that." So you were like really excited about. Well, it. I don't. I don't remember if. I was completely, completely sure with doing a big play like that, but I eventually warmed up to it. Did she? Did it take some convincing, or did you um, like right away think, "Yeah, this is something I wanted to do"? I don't know. The early years of Stardust Youth Theater were kind of a blur to me. Yeah, we kind of had a course. Mm-hmm. Noah and Henry to get involved. It, it took a while. It took a while for that, but I was like, okay, I'll just try it out. And then here I am five years later still doing it, so... It's all good, right? Woohoo. Now, what questions do you have for Kayla about theater? Let's see. You told me how to... 
the, the main question I had was how you got involved with it, mm-hmm. but that you already answered yeah. that. So that's really about it. That's really... Actually, no. How has theater changed you as, like, a person? Oh, it's uh, really helped me to... Sorry to use a cliche here, but come out of my shell. It helped me find who I was. Two it, cliches in two yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Are there any more cliches we could add to this? <laughs> well, let's see. Well, let's see. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit more about how did it help you come out of your shell? Well, before, well, in the pre-theater days, I didn't really have a very stable group of friends. There were people I would, you know, go over to people's houses with, but they didn't really stay for very long. Like, stay friends for very long, but, mm-hmm. you know. But since theater, it's a, very much a team effort, so there's a lot of unity built with the theater, so you stick together. And you're forced to talk to people, Yeah! Too. You're, you're not... You can't just be in the corner by yourself. You're forced to mingle with other people. That's kind of how you survive mm-hmm. in that environment. Yeah. That's how I met people. That's how he met people. Yeah, that's how I met you. Yeah, for sure. So not just the play itself, not the acting. It's really the fact that you were part of a, a group, mm-hmm, a team, and, mm-hmm. and you were in your downtime, you were forced almost forced to to be together and to talk with one another yeah that probably plays more of a role than the actual on being on on set mm-hmm. and on, doing mm-hmm. the scenes yeah is what i'm hearing of course well that's pretty cool yeah tell me a little bit about some of your favorite roles that you've Ooh. had well my most recent play was charlie and the chocolate factory and it was really fun to be willy wonka yeah mm-hmm he was he was Willy Wonka oh, in the yeah. scene where he where he started becoming really like sarcastic and like almost snarky mm-hmm. almost it was like it was this it was the in the, in the show it was in the in the actual movie it's like during the part of the movie where they have where what's her face Veruca. One, one of yeah Veruca the entitled girl goes and I'm like I want an egg but like they, in, in the book but in the in the book, they had to be, like, squirrels mm-hmm. and nuts and stuff like that. So they had squirrels and nuts. So she's like, I want a squirrel. And then she fell down a chute and presumably died. But that's that's essentially the scene, what yeah. it was. And yeah, and I sent her parents down the chute as well. That was fun. Yeah, it was... That part was, unex- was, was unexpected to me. I, mm. That the, the parents went down the chute. Mm-hmm. That was great. I know. A girl can't spoil herself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. So that was fun. Any other uh, roles that you um, that stand out that you really enjoyed? Let's see. I was Puss in Puss in Boots. I got to be the puss that ate the ogre. That yep, was fun. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Or ate the mouse. Ate the ogre when he turned into the mouse. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's. Oh yes. Yeah. So essentially, the end of that. At the end of that show, it's like Puss the cat tricks the ogre who's terrorizing the whole land to turn into like all these little creatures until it turns into a mouse so then the cat eats the mouse and everyone celebrates yeah even the audience celebrated when I ate the mouse yeah yeah I was informed that there is a young audience member that thought the actor actually turned into a mouse and, <laughs> and, was oh, and yes. died yeah yes. wasn't that the actor's cousin yeah the actor's cousin <laughs> thought that yes he saw the and he saw him in the lobby afterwards and he was sad because he thought he actually died <laughs> 
So you guys did such a good job I know. portraying an actual murder of a mouse. I know. That or the cousin just really did not like that particular <laughs> kid. No. Yeah, I thought I thought they were going to say the cousin was upset until no, no, he no. saw he was cousin. happy no. until he saw the kid, until he saw him. Afterwards. That's a little disturbing. He was like 3 or 4, which makes it even funnier, but I w- and uh this past October of 2017, I was in the Waterloo Playhouse's A Wrinkle in Time. I played the man with red eyes and an ensemble member, and that was a fun show. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That was a fun show. Yeah, that was a fun show to watch. Oh. Over the past, over the past few years, what are some of the challenges that we may have talked about already, or we haven't that we you have faced in during your whole schooling and theater and all that fun stuff? So yeah, school was a pretty big brick and mortar schooling was a kind of a challenge for me and socialization which we talk to mm-hmm. also uh i'm very a very logical thinker it you need to when you're talking to me you need to like you know make sense or i like to think of it as a plus b must equal c when you're inf- instructing me about something mm-hmm. of course so if you're telling me to do an activity this is like so back in school when they would have me do have the class do some sort of inane activity. I we get pretty upset because I didn't see the rhyme or reason as to why it needed to be done. See where you're coming from. So do you need to know the why behind yes. things? Yeah. Okay. I work with people, mm-hmm. and we actually talked about this at, at work. That some people need to know the why for them to, to for feel to click. Well, yeah. for them to really to buy in and understand what mm-hmm. why we're doing something for them to kind of buy in. And, and and go with it, mm-hmm. yeah. And you probably either didn't think about asking the why, or maybe they weren't going to offer that up. No. Yeah. Do you still, um, to this day, like if your your mom or dad asks you to do something that you don't really understand the the reasoning behind it, do you kind of ask the why? Mm-hmm. A yeah. Little bit more. Yeah. Like for example, I had a dentist appointment a, a while ago. And my mother told me to brush your teeth before we go. And I thought, well, the dentist is just going to clean my teeth. Why do I need to clean them before? Right. Yeah, so I got was kind of frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. What was the reason that your mom gave you? Because it's a deeper cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the, let's clean our house before the cleaning yeah. person comes over. Yeah, that's, what I, that's, that's what I equate it to. Okay. Less work for the cleaning person. I like to eat corn on the cob the night before I go to the dentist. <laughs> give, them, give them something to work on. Yeah. You know? Don't well, floss. Well, I'm going to steal that. <laughs> by, by all means, please do. <laughs> so, okay. Other things besides theater and stuff mm-hmm. like that that you've gotten to do in the past? Some, like, fun things? opportunities and such yeah any experiences or people you've met or things that you you have been able to to do because of your uh, diagnosis that you wouldn't have done nothing really else theater wise I don't believe well actually yes there is something else theater wise that's not what I meant the only opportunities I've had were are through the theater mm-hmm. which has been a great thing in January of 2017, or no, it's February of 2017, you and I put on a play called Palette of Possibility, 
which is about the three primary colors, red, blue, and yellow, and what they represent. And the director of that show, Greta, asked me to be the, her assistant to the director, which is a pretty important position. Mm-hmm. Whenever she does a, a kid's show, she likes to have a youthful person that she knows come on and kind of advise her on the creative decisions. Mm-hmm. So that was your mm-hmm. role at that play? Yeah. yeah. I never actually saw that show, so I have... So I was busy. I had, I didn't. I had. How dare you? I had. So I have no. I can't say anything about it because I mm-hmm. didn't see it. Yeah, I got to meet so many incredible actors through that. Such fun people that I keep in touch with today. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what I'm hearing is uh, theater has really been the root source mm-hmm. of yep. of meeting new friends and mm-hmm. connections, and I mean that's how we met your, you and your family. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. We do. The, we ask this question for everyone who's been on the show. But what are some pieces of advice you can give to parents and other people and teachers and stuff like that about people on the spectrum? Um, well, educate yourselves is a very important one. Of course, learn all you can. Have patience. If if your person is the type who has sensory overload meltdowns, like I used to, be patient. It'll it'll pass. Work, help them work through it, and just pay attention to that person because and learn how they operate learn the patterns you know for as a parent i've experienced many meltdowns from our mm-hmm. our guys more not now per se but yeah of course no it doesn't melt down too bad <laughs> nowadays mm-hmm. uh, but are there things specific things that people can do or don't do during a meltdown that would be helpful to the individual having the meltdown and either one of you guys could answer this question. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of anything. I don't know. Uh, I'm usually the one who just like goes, like just. I don't know. Walks I, away from the situation, which yeah. probably isn't a good thing to do. But that's how you coped with it. You kind of. Yeah. I don't. I don't really know. My overload meltdowns are beyond me. Yeah, but during during the time, is there anything that you that would be helpful to you during that, or does it just need to run its course? Just let it run its course. Okay, and that's I, I think that's good for people like me to hear, because I the well as a parent you want to help, mm-hmm. and sometimes the best way to help is to do nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's don't just to be it, there. Don't and, make it worse. Just do nothing. Yeah, because you can make it worse by mm-hmm. you know maybe picking you up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, trying to remove you from the situation versus unless it's a, you're in a dangerous spot. Of course, a lot of times we would just let it pass. It's definitely difficult when you're out in public and something like this happens. But mm-hmm. if you're at home... I don't remember if I ever did something like that in public, but, you know. Well, Isaac had some moments Isaac at the grocery be. store where he wouldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. when we get their hair cut, that was always a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't talk about that. Well, we've already talked about it. We already it, have, yeah. so we're not, let's not talk yeah. about it again. <laughs> any, any advice for siblings? Specific advice for siblings? Hmm. Or is it kind of the same advice? Same, same advice for everybody. Okay. Great. Cool. Any Anything else that you'd like to talk about today? All right. So when I was younger, I had these very intense fixations, obsessions. Yeah. Yeah. I, know I wouldn't know anything about that. I would not either. <laughs> All right. So when I was a younger child, I was quite the fan of Thomas the Tank Engine. 
Yeah. A lot of kids oh. were back in yeah. those days. Did yeah. you go and see the the go to Boone and watch it? In yes. Person? Yes, we did, I did. We did too. Yeah. Uh huh. And also around first, second, third grade, I became quite the scholar on ancient Egyptian history and mythology. <laughs> That's interesting. I don't blame you. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What are, do you still remember some of the facts about that? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite your favorite pharaoh? I don't know. <sighs> I, don't, I, 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 I don't rank. I don't rank. You them. disappoint me. <laughs> I don't rank them. And I, I think you probably have a, somewhat of a uh, obsession with Star Wars. Oh, that, that's a way of life. That's a way of life. That's mm-hmm. not an obsession. No, it's a way of life. If, if it lasts more than five years, then it's then it's a way of life. Yeah, as I'm looking at your T-shirt, uh-huh. oh, yeah, maybe you can oh. just describe okay. what this. So, the T-shirt I'm wearing now is uh, the symbol of the Rebel Alliance, which is like the starboard thing. If you don't know what it looks like, Google it, and it has the um, the mostly colored primary color puzzle pieces pattern emblazoned onto it. So it's a, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. Of, it's a fusion. Yeah. Of of you essentially. Yep. Yeah. I also have one where it's. Darth Vader's head and the puzzle pieces emblazoned onto it. So do you think Darth Vader was on the spectrum? Or? Probably not, but... No. We don't... Know. He was just bad. Yeah. He was just a bad... Misunderstood. <laughs> he was misunderstood. <laughs> he was trying to save his wife, He you never know. got the high ground. No, or that promotion. But <laughs> so, no. what's your one of your favorite memories with Caleb? Oh, boy. I don't really know. Just all the theater stuff. Oh, yeah. Was there one per, one play that stands out for the two of you guys? I really, I don't really. The last play we were in together was Wiley, which was and I don't, about three years ago. I don't remember any of that. I remember it pretty well. Everything for me is just all meshed together as like one big thing. So I really can't, I can't really distinguish other things from each other. It's just been so long. <laughs> Noah's, you're. You crack me up because you say that, and then we were on a, a tour of you and I uh-huh. last week, uh-huh. and the tour guide said, this is the Campanile. It's the center of campus. Uh-huh. It's this tall, and people come here on homecoming night and kiss, uh-huh. and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, right? When was it built? Like and, and so some they said, any idea when this was built? And 1926. Noah, and Noah says, 1926, exactly. and the tour guide almost fell down. <laughs> and I asked Noah, like, how did you know that? I read a book like six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. And how how did you know it was 1926? I just remember it was the 50th anniversary of when the campus was founded. Right. So this is what I'm saying. Noah can remember things like this. But But I can't remember what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. Oh, I'm the same way. Or how shows were or whatever like that. When I was was about (laughs) six years old, I knew all the states, all the capitals, and all the presidents in order. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Can you name them off now? When, yeah, I'm just wait, kidding. Okay. Don't. Okay. <laughs> I can say the back the alphabet backwards. That's a random fact. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. I think we're just rambling. We're now. just dragging yeah. it on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done. All right. Shout out to Caleb. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Really appreciated you have having you here and hearing about your experiences with school and theater and some of the other things we we chatted about today. A lot of fun. And to prove that I can say the alphabet backwards, here we go. Z-Y-X-W-V-U-T-S-R-Q-P-O-N-M-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. Got it.
I think. All right, on the next episode, we're going to have Tyanne joining us. That's my wife. She's going to be answering the same questions that I answered in episode five. So that'll be a lot of fun. Looking forward to hearing her responses. She has not heard the previous podcast yet, so it'll be a lot of fun. You can, as always, find us online at www.autisminthewild.com or on Twitter. Our handle is at autisminthewild. And as always, thanks for listening.